Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't you dare say anything but yes. If you do, you're as dumb as David Harrigan, wow. the dumbest man in the building right now. Wow. Which one I mean, of you is Walter Matthau? <laughs> I mean... I'm the good-looking one. They're fine, but any fried tater tot at your local watering hole no, defeats those them are, Those aren't down. even tater tots. It's just potato yeah, something. they're gold. It's crunchy garbage. gold. It's garbage. It's or Ida baked in the oven or nothing. Oh. We Keep living in the '60s, idiot. The <laughs> Go home, loser. Yeah, okay. Millennial. There's a lot of hunger here. You know, they made the playoffs last year, and that really added this year. It's it's nice to be uh, at a spot where they're really they're buying in bullpen, lineup, starting rotation, and really committed to winning. So that's a, that's a refreshing thing to see, and just the energy that everybody kind of brings and the energy Molly brings to the locker room. It's it's a really uh, it's a really good place. Getting a relationship with uh, with Castro to you know, be ready to go into the season. That's, I think, the biggest one that I needed to, to get down and just kind of learn each other and be ready to you know, go with all these new rules of coming out to talk. We don't have that time at luxury this year, so we have to be ready day one. I thought Jake Odorizzi had thoughts on tater tots there, but uh, it was just baseball and clubhouse stuff. I'm disappointed. I bet he likes tater tots, but he doesn't overeat tater tots like maybe Lance Lynn does. Lance Lynn looks like a guy who loves. He doesn't just like tater tots. He bleeping loves tater tots. Or us, perhaps. Because if you have one... You gotta have fifteen, right? What tater tots? Tater tots, yeah. Fifteen seems low. Yeah. Okay, but I, I'm just saying, if you eat one or two, you're now into okay. Let's say twenty-five. Uh, yeah, I think like there's never been. It's like Pringles. There's never been a, a bowl of tater tots that I didn't reach the bottom of. Bye. Anyways, that was the voice of Twins opening day starter Jake Odorizzi. Mm-hmm. Opening day yeah, for let the me, Twins. Let me let me say this right now. As a kid, I was very impressed, right? Because as a child, if you love baseball, what are you told? There's some big, big things. Opening day is big. And opening day used to be important. It used to be fun. It started in Cincinnati, day full of ball games. It was fantastic. But one of the things was they'd go to the manager first or second day of spring training, right? Hey, Skip, who's starting opening day? And as a kid, I used to get, oh, yeah, oh, opening day starters. Who are they? I've come to realize in my old age, it's maybe the most overrated, stupid conversation in all of sports. Who's starting game one of 162 games for you? Who is, is starting? Right. And and now I get it. Okay, the one thing I get is if I you're agree. is if you're the Dodgers, and it's Kershaw, and he's just and you know he's going to start. Okay, that's cool. It's Clayton Kershaw. Back in the day, it might have been Koufax, but when you're the Minnesota Twins, for the most part, Paul, 
who's starting, who's getting the ball opening day. As as if the question is, because if he's getting the ball opening day, he's getting the ball game one. And he's in the ace world, for the rest in of the October, season. In yeah. October. Game one of the World Series. Yeah, it's, the mo- it's the dumbest thing of all time, how much stock we put in starting game one of 162. And the Twins have a really interesting recent history of number one starters. If you go back to, let's just start you know, the, the beginning of uh, the century here. So go back to Tom Kelly's last year. 2001, Brad Radke was in the middle of a long stretch of being the number one starter. And then it gets kind of weird. This is where it gets ceremonial or weird. The Twins just no longer had a number one starter. So they actually, so Johan Santana had at least one Cy Young Award under his belt uh-huh. and wasn't the opening day starter from 2003, 4, and 5. Proving the point. So he was like, Johan Santana was the best pitcher in baseball. But Brad Radke is the veteran, so he's the opening day starter. Skip's right? going to give him the ball. He's going to get the ball on opening day. And to give the old grizzled veteran the starter, as opposed to the howitzer arm over here yeah, who's uh, he striking wait. out everybody. So Johan Santana only made two career opening day starts for the Twins, which is amazing. 2006 and 2007, his last two years. Wow. And I think 06 was Radke's last season. So finally at the end, they said, all right. Yeah, this is the best pitcher in baseball. We're we're gonna start him on opening day, mm-hmm. and then it got, and then it got kind of weird where they just like they've had, if you include Irvin Santana, they've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different opening day starters in the last ten years. Odorizzi will be nine in the last eleven. Mm-hmm. Levon Hernandez in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. who. Uh, so that that team made it to a game one sixty three, despite the fact that who, Levon Hernandez was the opening who day starter. Who might, in actuality, if if we were to find out his real birth certificate, be the oldest opening day starter of old all time? Yeah, he, he was might have his, been about yeah, he, he might have been about forty five by the time he made that opening day start. Francisco Liriano, opening day starter in two thousand nine. Scott Baker, two thousand ten. Okay, and then back to back grizzled veteran Carl Pavano starting uh, opening day. Uh, Vance Worley. In 2011. I remember this one. Why? I remember. No, I'm sorry, 2013. I remember this one. was Vance Worley the opening day starter? It was a stud coming over. Come on. What was the rest of the rotation at that point? Puke and garbage? (laughs) It was just four Scott Scott Diamond four times. This guy's lobbing the ball up there. Uh, We're going to dig deeper into that 2013 because I I have the same question you do. All right. And then it went Ricky Nolasco off the big contract. That's not surprising. Phil Hughes off of the big contract extension. And then back-to-back Irvin Santana. And Irvin Santana probably would have been the opening day starter in 2015 as well, if not for getting popped 80 games Steroid usage. and what, what That's the Twins' recent history of opening day starters. Okay, and what was the... So the deal this year was that Barrios would have started opening day, we think, but but Molly wanted to line him up to pitch in Puerto Rico so he can pitch in, in front of friends and family against sure. Cleveland. But my, my point being is it became this, who's going to start for you? Yeah. And it's just, the more you think about it, it's just this ridiculous old school baseball notion of you get the ball on opening day and that means something. It doesn't mean crap! All right, since we're uh, deep into the Twins opening day starter nostalgia here, I've got the 2013 Twins pitchers listed. 23 pitchers at least went into a game and threw a ball that year. If you can tell me the five starters, you know what? I'll give you a, they, oh my God, dude. They had 10 starters make at least eight starts. Fire away. Both you guys. Um, we'll, give you, we'll give you three strikes. You said 2013? 
2013, Scott, no looking, no googling. Scott Diamond had to be in in that list. Yeah, let me let me uh hold on. Okay. Ooh, it's a new ding. So we got Worley. That's we a got good ding. It even says new ding. So. Okay, so Diamond and Worley. Yep, Diamond's in that list for sure. Uh, yeah, so, and, and you guys already got uh, Vance Worley. Yeah, yeah, you gave us Vance Worley. Vance Worley, who only made opening day starter, only made 10 starts with a 7 ERA, and that was the that was the end of it. Was Kevin Correa also on that club? Yeah. Yeah. All right, you got three. All three right. Three. Um, Pelf? Yeah. Big Pelf. Think about that rotation already. Kevin Correa, oh. Mike Pelfrey. All good guys. All real good Vance guys. Vance We we liked them all. <laughs> Fan favorites. Boy, uh, you're, it looks like you have four out of ten. Okay, uh, so so the trades that the that Terry had made were they made the Ben Revere trade. They got um, they it got, was Worley and Trevor May and Trevor May. Yeah. May was May was and in, May the, was in not, the Meyer and, leagues, and so was Alex Meyer from the Span trade. Yeah, you can do this. There is a. I'll, I'll give I, you some hints. I gotta think young. I mean, like Sammy Deduno. Oh. And, and thinking young, he was 29, so he wasn't even really a prospect. Cole DeVries? Wow. Look at this guy. Actually, you know, Cole DeVries doesn't count. He only made two starts. Oh, okay. All right. So he's off the so list. We got to do no, so we got one, two. So we've got Worley, Diamond, left. Ezra Ling, Vasquez. That's an amazing guess, dude. Dang it! Amazing guess. Oh, people are <laughs> y- yelling at the radio um, right now, too. Um, there's five left. I went to one, a one of them pitched board. for the St. Saint Paul Saints at one point. Actually, multiple may have pitched for the. Oh, Saint Paul uh, the guy they got from the uh, 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 the White Sox, right? In, in the, the Francisco Liriano trade. Liriano trade. We'll give that to you. Well, Pedro Hernandez, Pedro Hernandez. made twelve okay. starts, a six point eight three ERA. Did he really make twelve starts? Oh my word! They also got Eduardo Escobar in that trade, though. Yeah, so no. I think they. I think they I just didn't realize that, that Pedro Hernandez had made that many starts. One, two, three, four. All right, you've three, got four. four left here of Twins pitchers, 2013, that made at least eight starts. Yeah, I'm running just, empty. I'm give running you guys empty. ten more seconds just, here. Yeah. All right, Andrew Albers. Oh sure. Ten starts, 405 ERA. Lefty, right? Uh, yes, Kyle Gibson. Oh, Gibby. Ten yeah. starts, a six five ERA. Mm-hmm. Liam Hendricks made eight starts that mm-hmm. year. Should have got that with one. a six point eight five ERA, and everybody's favorite Philip PJ Walters eight starts, five point nine five ERA. And that is the very reason why I spent that entire season going to Twins games and drinking as much as possible. <laughs> Who can blame ding, me? Ding. <laughs> Who can blame me? So on this season, I've got something for you here, and I, I'm in more of a baseball mood, I think, because I I was down in Fort Lauderdale for a couple days. There's no actual baseball games going on down there, but it's baseball weather. Uh, it's palm trees, and you can you can feel spring training in the air down in Florida. This is the most optimistic I've felt about a Twins team going into the season since 2010, where you had a 2009 playoff run. Game 163, and then he got swept by the Yankees in the first round. But they took a playoff-caliber team, mm-hmm. and they upgraded it in the offseason. Jim Tomey, come on board. Uh, Carl Pavano, we're going to keep you on board. Contract extension. Orlando Hudson, good quality. Major League second baseman. J.J. Hardy, they made these upgrades to the roster, and it made you feel good. Uh, they also added a couple key bullpen pieces, like John Roush and uh, who was the other guy? Uh, well, Matt Capps was later in the year. But but they like, took a good team, and they made it better. And this is the first time that they've taken a playoff caliber team or a team that made the playoffs and added significant pieces to upgrade it. And so I can tell you, like, they opened up target field with that 2010 team. This is the most optimistic I felt about a Twins team 
in almost a decade. Now, I, I brought this up with Dave on the show a couple days ago. The weird thing, and Dave says it's the weather, and he might be right. I said it might be because the Vikings just signed a quarterback and the Wolves and Wild are alive in playoff uh, races. I feel like for as good as the Twins are going to be, there's not a lot of, um, expectation is the wrong word, there's not a ton of enthusiasm. I thought there there would be more. Are you just like because... putting your finger in the wind there? Or are you, is this... No, no, no. I just feel I just feel like like they're, the team's being covered and there's daily you know stories about them. But I, I thought that I would feel more expectations in town or excitement about opening day approaching. And Dave's point was, it's very hard to be excited about baseball when it's gloomy and been sort of cold and snowy. I said it might be the fact that the Vikings signed Cousins, which is a huge deal. The Wolves and Wild are both probably going to make the playoffs. I just thought that there would be that there would be more anticipation right now, and and certainly with the signing of Lynn, that, that might have gained some, but not as much as I thought. Well, let's come up with a world famous Mackie and Judd poll for this. I think we can. I think we can craft this. Because I don't know, I mean, I, I certainly don't measure fan excitement based on how many articles are written about the team. I think, and it's hard to gauge, and you're right, the Vikings just made the biggest free agent signing in franchise history, so they're stealing some of your interest. The Wolves are relevant at this point in the year for the first time in years. And, you know, the Wild are always kind of in the same spot, just hunting for a playoff position. So, uh, But I, I feel like part of it might be you're, you're no longer waiting for the Twins to save you from, like, winter sports doldrums as much. Yes. Uh, but it doesn't mean that fans aren't going to be jacked up well, once in six start, days when they sure. get out there and, they, and they're and they unveiling a brand I'm new rotation and bullpen. Yeah. Once yeah. they start, that could totally change and, the dynamic, especially if they get off to a good start. I mean, like, the fact is, ordinarily, they're going into the year, and guys like Tyler Duffy and Alan Buznitz, who showed you flashes before, well, those are your seventh and eighth inning guys now because we, we're just going to hope. And now you can afford... They optioned those guys yesterday or two days ago. You can start the season with two guys who've been really good in your bullpen but still haven't really proven themselves and say, go prove it at AAA because we've got Addison Reed and Fernando Rodney and Zach Duke, and that's what that's what gets my hopes up for this season. Um, let's, you know, we can open up the phone lines on this too from the TCL Broadcast Studio, 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. And also we'll get to some Wolves stuff. And Target Field was disrespected. Oh, yeah, this is ridiculous. We'll talk about that. Uh, Great news for the Wolves last night if they were looking ahead the next two or three weeks and wondering what their path is to the playoffs. Uh, Something happened last night that should make them very happy. And uh, we can take your call, 651-646-8255. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. Audio level full volume. It's go time. On 1500 ESPN. There's a lot of hunger here. You know, they made the playoffs last year, and that really added this year. It's it's nice to be uh, at a spot where they're really they're buying in bullpen, lineup, starting rotation, and really committed to winning. So that's a, that's a refreshing thing to see, and just the energy that everybody kind of brings and the energy Molly brings to the locker room. It's it's a really uh, it's a really good place. Getting a relationship with uh, with Castro to you know be ready to go into the season that's i think the biggest one that i needed to to get down and just kind of learn each other and be ready to you know go with all these new rules of coming out to talk we don't have that time at luxury this year so we have to be ready day one all right i'm going to post a poll here uh 1500 espn uh how pumped are you for twin season to start all in you guys help me with these here all in wake me in september mm-hmm. skull vikes <laughs> and i like beer I, what's the fourth option here? Um, Brett Favre. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say Brett. We Favre. We always do Brett Favre, though. Yeah. Uh, well, and Skull Vikes is uh, probably satisf- 
satisfies the Brett Favre need. Sure, I think it does. Uh, the all caps, I think, you know, insinuates. The I'm sorry, Brett what was the first one? Was the first one all pump? in? All, all in. in. Uh, wake me in September would be like do something. Yeah, you know, whatever. Show me. And uh, Skull Vikes. It could just be a three option poll too. I think September's too long. How about wake me in July? Because that's July. Really, we're talking beer drinking weather. We're talking yeah, All Star break. If yeah. you're for real by the All Star okay. break, you're excited. Okay. Uh, we'll just go three, fair. three option poll here. Three option poll. We'll throw that out there and see what people think. Because because uh, you seem to sense that maybe the interest is a little bit, I don't know, tempered. Tempered, yeah. Vikings I, are stealing some headlines here. Tempered, dampened. It's not. It's not. If they start the season hot, I think people will jump on board. I just I thought that that there might be a little bit more of a uh, of an anticipation. Now here's part of the problem too, though. Spring training this year seemed incredibly long. Because they started playing games in what February? Yeah, it was a week early. Yeah, so so. But and, you start the season in March because it starts. I think on that's the, part of the problem. It's the early. That might be it's, it. it's the early start. It's crept up on people. I just yesterday, I said, you know, was uh, just think, holy crap, it's a week away. They start in six days. Yes. Yeah, they play Baltimore it's next in six Thursday. days. Yeah. Yep. And March twenty ninth. And this is being done to do what? Add six extra off days. Is that correct? I think Handful, so. Yeah. I don't think they're starting the World Series earlier, so they're just they're just giving players a few more built in days. So yeah. that, I don't know. Play, players always want you know, the NFL players. They don't want to hit each other in the off season. Baseball players. And the extra Not day like rest. it used to be, Phil. When everyone was gritty and tough. And Not like it used. They to never be. had off days. Not Not like double headers every Sunday. Yes. Same starting pitcher for both. Six five one six four six. Eight two five five. Hey Paul. Hey guys. Hi Paul. What uh, what's your level of excitement for twin season? Are you are you all in or are you somewhere uh, beneath that? Well, I got a different one. It's wake me when the wild are done. Mm. So okay, Jul- well, I was gonna say July. So like no. mid May. <laughs> mid May. <laughs> April twentieth. You'll be all in on the twins then, Paul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, I was gonna ask you guys because I was excited for the year too until the thing with Polanco happened because. He, he was a big part of the last couple of months last year and, and, and a big part of their plans this year up the middle. And that, and I know Escobar had a solid year last year. Um, but I, I just think that, that that's going to hurt them because it kind of diminishes their options there. I know they signed this Ibar guy, but I, you know, I don't know that much about him outside of that. He's been around, you know, longer than Judd has, but uh, <laughs> that's impossible. Paul <laughs> doesn't like beer quite as much, but yes, yeah. So, I mean, the, the Polanco thing is kind of a buzzkill for me, especially if even if he comes back. Now he's not eligible for the playoffs if we make it. Uh, it that that really kind of doused my uh, enthusiasm quite a bit. It is a bit of a buzzkill, Paul. Thank you. It's a good point. But Eduardo Escobar might be one of the best utility players this franchise has had in decades. I mean, the, he, think about the luxury of having a guy who hit 20 home runs without really a starting position. You know, he bounced... He started for stretches when Polanco was bad in the first half, but he bounced around. He'd give he'd give a spell at third base. He played outfield, I believe, um, last year, a couple of years. You can put him in almost any position. If you, if you gave the guy five or 600 plate appearances, he's going to hit 15 or 20 home runs. And I think, I don't know if he's gold glove caliber, but I think he's an above average defender at multiple infield positions. So a lot of other teams, if the, now if you lost the guy in Polanco that you saw in August and September, you know that's that's a huge loss for any team, uh, but the Twins by putting Eduardo Escobar in, like he's been a quality. Go back a couple of years ago too, the guy played like three quarters of a season, and had an OPS of 750 with 12 home runs as a as a fill-in player. 2015, uh, 21 homers last year. The guy the guy played multiple spots. 
It's Paul, not as big of a blow. Paul brings up a pretty good point, though, as far as uh, as dousing enthusiasm just a bit, because that's true. I mean, you're going through spring training. You've signed Morrison. You've signed Lynn. Things look good. Santana, of course, got hurt right before, or he had surgery right before spring training started. But then you get this news. That makes some sense. I don't think it's going to ruin the twin season. But when you have a guy get pinched for 80 games or 81 games in the midst of spring training, that could dampen enthusiasm a little bit at least. Sure. Uh, early results on this poll here. How pumped are you for twin season to start? 60% are all in. 22% wake me in July. 20% skull Viking. Yeah, I'm not surprised skull. by that. 651-646-8255. A bit of breaking Vikings news to get to here in just a second, too. Darcy, what's going on? You're on the show. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for the call. Thanks for the Twins conversation. Yeah, man. Which obviously means I'm voting uh, all in. Um, and and I, I guess the Polanco thing, I think we get through that. A, a bigger frustration for me is how Major League Baseball handles their investigations that it takes three months to come up with no decision. Um, just tell us what you're going to do with Sano. Do nothing. Suspend them five games. Suspend them ten games. Just give us a decision. It shouldn't be that difficult. But uh, I can't I can't wait for the season to start. And I, I kind of get a kick out of being a fan that as far as how many articles or things are written, that Patrick Royster, Chip Scoggins has never once checked in with me on what they should be writing about. I mean, we read what gets written. Um, Pat Royce in Florida, I'm reading it every day just so that he knows. So uh, I'm all in on it. Let's get to those decisions. Let's let uh, Lomo start hitting home runs in target field, and let's get the season started. Well, Darcy, you know what Pat's uh, longtime slogan is or mantra as a writer, right? I know a couple of them. Bleep the reader. I'll write what I want. Yeah, Pat's not too worried about <laughs> what you write, want, Darcy. I'll write what I want. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Darcy. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's do one more call here, and then we'll get to the breaking bike news. Jake, you're on the phone. Hey, uh, reason why no one's interested, or it doesn't feel as um, like the hype is is as big as it should be, is the social media. Everything's instantaneous. It's, Go for hockey volatility, most crazy NCAA tournament in history, all that stuff. But for me, this team, guys, is going to be really good. And I think the sneaky thing is the bullpen. We're, we all look at the Yankees. Throw them out. We're not going to be the Yankees' bullpen. But this bullpen is going to be super good. And then hitting-wise, everybody projects to have – I mean, could have a better season, reasonably saying, you know, compared to last year, the only one was Polanco. And he took care of himself. So we're uh, we're we're projecting to be better at the plate, and that bullpen is unbelievable. Yeah, Jake, thanks, Jake. thanks for the phone call. I, I so I do have have one one small thing I saw today that, that could be a bit of a potential buzzkill. The Star Tribune story uh, today, which went through the roster decisions and where things stand right now, now has Irvin Santana returning in mid-May. Originally, it was May first. So it's interesting. I I just when when you saw that initial expectation because you have so many days off in April that you really can get by with for, for the most part for starters for most of that month, and I think the ori- the original report was pretty ironclad. May first, he's back. Now it's mid May, and I saw that I don't think he has started to throw yet. So that might once again. I'm not saying that this is going to derail their season, but it was the type of thing where when you undergo surgery on your pitching hand as late as he did, you did say to yourself, being really optimistic about him coming back May 1st seemed a little bit 
aggressive, and now it looks like it might be. Yeah, and uh, and I would say for the first time in a long time, they're built to withstand something like that. When you have a depth chart of like 13 or 14 pitchers, if you start to include Fernando Romero and Steven Gonsalves, and then, you know, like Phil Hughes, if he gives you something, awesome. If he doesn't, on to the next. But like you said but before the show started, do not be fooled by spring training starts. No, for sure. Yesterday well, we were talking start. about that. I couldn't tell if our guy, uh, Patrick, who's going to be back in the building today, so I don't know if he wants to We're gonna find out if continue schism, to fight with us in the hallways. Schism is real or not. But he tweeted something about, you know, the Twins have to like Phil Hughes' performance four and two-thirds or something against that Yankees lineup. I don't... This is the... Because you and I have not been down at spring training. This is the first time our show has not been down at spring training. So following from afar, it's way easier to put yourself in arm's length... I haven't looked at box scores in spring training. I read the stories, and I want the big picture. I don't want to get caught up in, oh, my gosh, this hitter has seven home runs. Like, Luke Hughes has six home runs. Or whoever, that Fox guy for the Cubs like five years ago, Jake Fox, yeah. who had and ten home always, runs in spring training. And there's always I don't like want to get caught up in that because it doesn't – Ho Park, what an injustice. How do you not take him north? Yeah, he's – he couldn't hit in AAA. Yeah, he's just not really he's good. He's back in Korea because he couldn't hit in AAA. Not very good. Um, quickly here, some breaking Vikings news that we should mention. Joe Berger, longtime veteran offensive lineman. He's been rock solid for the Vikings for the last few years. Has announced his retirement. This is not totally unexpected. I think it was leaning this way over the past year. This is from Tom Pelissero's Twitter account. Uh, just a statement from Joe Berger. After a lot of careful thought and prayer, I've decided to retire from football. I've been fortunate to enjoy 13 seasons and have had the opportunity to play with so many good players and coaches. I was on some great teams before the Vikings, but it wasn't until I got to Minnesota that I really felt at home. For seven years, I was able to play for a great organization and in front of the best fans. U.S. Bank Stadium is an incredible place to play football. My family and I will forever be grateful for the opportunity I was given. Are you laughing at Joe Berger right now? I just love the. I love when when they they say the stadium name and make sure to to include the sponsor of the stadium. But what else would you call it though? The Vikings were. You could just say that it was fun to play in front of the fans. Okay. I, I just like when it's spelled Gotta out. Get that sponsor and, credit. and TCO Orthopedic Center would have been a for me. would have been a fantastic place to practice in. That's too much. Well, let me read the statement. <laughs> I come back to that. My family and I will forever be grateful for the opportunity I was given. I will miss my teammates and the game, but I'm looking forward to this next chapter. So many people have had a part in my career, and I hope someday I'll be able to personally thank each one of them. Thanks for the memories, Skull Vikings. Joe Berger retiring. So I'm with you on this. Thanks to all the sponsors, I, by the way, through the years. So let me think. Syllables. U.S. Bank Stadium. It's like five syllables. U.S. Bank Stadium. Six syllables. Yeah. That's my limit. If you're like Twin Cities or the... No, I'm out. If it's five or six syllables... Would have been a fantastic... Okay, TCF, the bank, stadium. That's fine. Okay. Uh, Target Field. Three syllables. Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center. Yep. Too much. The practice facility... Oh, That's I know, what exactly. I'm calling it. Exactly. The Vikings practice facility. So Berger had said, I think he told the Pioneer Press initially midseason that he was probably going to retire, and then he he waffled on that. But what this does, if you're the Vikings, I think this creates even more clarity that you draft a guard first round. And they signed uh, Tom Compton, yep. Minnesota kid, and he'd be more of like a backup offensive And Kirk Cousins, Cousins' best buddy. Oh, interesting. They're very, very good friends. Make him feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, one more call here on Twins Excitement. Dan, you're on the Maggie and Judd Show. Guys, are we this far gone as a society that we're so cynical that Judd can't even allow a Vikings legend like Joe Berger to issue a two-page statement on retiring? 
I mean, it was like I'm going to tell you right it, now. It was Dan, like a quarter of a page. That, yeah. that I that what, I have enjoyed every day that, that I've gotten to work with Phil here in the TCL broadcast studios. Okay, that's my statement. <laughs> yeah, such a hypocrite. The TCL broadcast studios have served me well throughout a a, a very important time of my life. But the key watching there the is, TCL TV. But the key is, it's not 15 syllables, right? It's TCL right. It's TCL <laughs> studios. TCL broadcast. Sorry, we can even get rid of the word broadcast. It's the TCL studios. It rolls off your tongue. No offense to Joey B, but what's next? Like Harry, the hot dog vendor, is gonna put out a statement when he retires from. Is he still? Is he at CH Field now? Or CHS? I haven't seen him at Target Field in a while. Oh, he has no. Oh, he got banned from. Oh, since the con- yeah. since the controversy, because he went from he went from Target Field a, f- a few years ago after the controversy, Dan, uh, to across the street at what's the what's the bar, the nightclub bar, five oh eight. No, no, um, the old, the old strip club, and it, now it's. Uh, oh, I'm it, gonna let you it, hang on it, this one. This it, is good. Yeah, it's the big yeah, pickup place. It's the big pickup place. I've been in there. I just A forget the name. Place? Yeah, uh, Do- Doogie's bachelor party went through there. Talking sneaky Pete. Sneaky Pete. Listen, I did not go to the strip club portion of Doogie's bachelor party. I don't know what you're. I talking didn't about. either, but I'm. But but sneaky Pete <laughs> used to be. Did. I've heard the stories. <laughs> yeah, sneaky Pete's. <laughs> Used to be right by a jukebox. <laughs> oh no no no! I got no problem, ta- Dan. I got no problem talking bars. Don't <laughs> care if yeah, I hang Judd myself. Loves or the not. pole at the back oh, of Sneaky Pete's. Uh, uh, yeah, very good. You dirty. guys are all encompassing. It's uh, you can listen to this for a little bit of pop culture, a little Correct. bit of uh, what's hip in the cities. But no, I was just gonna say I was uh, just in Atlanta for the week on vacation, and I got to watch not one but two nationally televised twin spring training games which was uh, very very surprising and probably a complete waste of time um, for vacation. But um, I'm going to be a cynic here and just say that I can't remember the last time that a Minnesota team on any level actually lived up to expectations when they had preseason expectations. So I will allow you gentlemen to quickly think of the last time that a team, because I feel like Vikings go for basketball, Twins, whenever they go into a season with little to no expectations, then they actually make the playoffs. Uh, but when there are expectations, they flop completely, especially the Twins two years ago when they lost like 100 games. Yeah. So, I don't know. The, this is the Buzz Killington time. You guys got to cue that. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm just kind of wait and see. Lance Lynn, Odorizzi, I'd much prefer those guys than just an endless marathon of AAA nobodies, but we will see how it goes, you know, especially in baseball when – Every year, there's, I mean, 19 teams that almost make the wild card, so the margin for error is very slim. So, thanks, boys. Uh, look forward to more bar talk from Judd Zolgad. Oh, you'll so, get it. you really think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, Buzz Killington? I like Dan, but that was a Buzz Kill phone call. I think Dan might be right. About which part? About expect. When's the last time that a Minnesota sports team that had high expectations going into a season delivered? I mean, the Timberwolves are going to make the playoffs as a six seed or something. Okay, but so like I would say that they've delivered this season. I would say the Vikings. I mean, you certainly didn't think they were going to go five and eleven this year, but the yeah, the expectations were lower than the end result. You know what I think Vikings. it might be? I, I think the answer might be for what, and, and this is not a championship, but the answer might be for a team that you had expectations for that were high, might have been. If you include the moment the Vikings added Favre in 2009, because that team you knew was going to be good, and you said if they get a quarterback, they're going to be really good, and sure. they were. 
that might be the last one that had really high expectations and delivered at least to a d- the degree of a championship. And in fairness, the sample size is small when you're a fan base that constantly just you know just grips with fear every time you turn on uh, a Twins or a Vikings game or opener. Like you just think the worst thing is going to happen all the time. Yeah. So it's only like the expectations only rise once in a while. Uh, we can keep phone lines open here too. We had some fun calls today. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. We've also got uh, some breaking wolves news that is the least surprising news of all time, and it's going to be very controversial. And write that down because I got a request to make a YouTube. Yeah. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's heard by well over a hundred people. Mackey and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. Towns straight away for three. He drills it. And with that three, Towns has now set a new career high for Mason downtown for a season. That is his 102nd of the year after notching 101 last season. Towns feeds Wiggins on the baseline. Cut. Wiggins for three. Wiggins from downtown. And that one was deep. Wiggins out of the corner for the three. Breaking news all over the place here in the 9 o'clock. Joe Berger retired. And now, uh, why don't you lead us with this? Because th- write that down takes place in 20 minutes from yeah, now. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to do an early hearing yes, on the Judd Zilgad prediction. Yes, so, we are. Go ahead. Uh, so uh, after the shoot around this morning, the Wolves play the Knicks tonight at the Garden. Tibbs told the media that Derrick Rose, with an ankle injury, is not with the team and will not play tonight versus the Knicks or uh, on Saturday night against the 76ers in Philadelphia. Which leads us, if you guys recall, to the March 9th edition a couple weeks ago of Write That Down, in which I said Derrick Rose will sit out at least one game for the Wolves by March 20th because of something beyond a DNP coach's decision. This includes the game on that date against the Clippers. Now it's March 23rd. Ooh. It's March 23rd today. And, uh, and I, I am before the board. I'm before the parole board seeking leniency, seeking a sympathetic ear. So read the phrasing of it again. So the news is Derrick Rose is going to miss at least the next two games because he hurt his ankle. Correct. He's hurt. Yes. So he played in their last game on March 20th, maybe played with a hurt ankle, but played in that game. And what's the phrasing uh, of your... I believe to be to be fair and exact, he got hurt in that game. So okay. he got hurt in that game against the Clippers. Derrick Rose will sit out at least one game for the Wolves by March 20th because of something beyond a DNPCD. This includes the game on that date against the Clippers. All right, so it's a majority vote. You're voting to to give yourself a point for that, which means you need either me or Dave to agree with you. If that's how we elect to do it, sure. But yes, I, that's I, how we've always done. But it. I'm before the board. I'm before the board asking because the spirit of what I said has come true. He got hurt against the Clippers, though. So do I get the call well, in my but, favor? But the spirit of what you said had a specific date, and it I, was March 20th. That's and he why I played I'm in the March 20th game. I got to say no. I gotta say, I don't even. This is one of those cases that you know is put before the Supreme Court, but they just throw it out and don't even bother. <laughs> I just don't understand why we're even discussing this. It's no, you're wrong. Sorry, he played in the game. It was, was not a DNP. I'm right. I knew it was. I'm right. You know what I mean? I'm right. I'm just three days or or one game, I guess. But late you to could the party. have. Here's, right, here's where you, you went wrong. You went for the home run. You threw the date on it. You didn't have to do it. You could have said by before the end, the end of the season. season. No, I know. I know that. That's why, why did I'm you put here. an arbitrary date on it? Why? Because I knew it would be. Because I knew it, I knew it was going to be quick. And and I and and as <laughs> and a guy, you, and you were right. It was and, quick. And as a guy who didn't swing uh, for the fences enough during the course of the uh, 2017 
season of Write That Down. I decided to try and expedite it. I just got a little yeah. bit cocky, and that's why I came back. I, it's fine. You I, had two strikes on you. You said I could choke a, up, go for a little contact, try to knock yeah. one through the hole, but you said, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, yeah, this is a fact, game-winning situation. I want to hit bombs. It, it, there was a runner on second out. base, and, yeah. and you have a hitter's count, and we're looking for you to just hit a sharp, something sharp to the right side. That's all we want. Just something to the right side. And nope, you decide, I'm going to hit a towering fly ball to left field. And it was caught outfielders back against the wall. And you walk back to the dugout, and you're telling the manager, hey, it was almost a bomb. It was almost a bomb. Just missed no, it, coach. No. Just missed it. We needed a specific thing, and you got selfish. As a write-that-down lawyer, I needed to bring that that up at least to see that if I could get it through, okay? Again, I figured I could. I figured a I could. lot of lawyers bring things before the I, Supreme I understand Court that, that they say, are you serious? I understand that. I just wanted to bring, I just at least wanted to see if I could potentially get the call in my favor. I'm not surprised. Hey, I'm not getting hey, it. you know me. I like when everyone gets hits. I like when we all succeed, but I also like not being an idiot. And <laughs> Why'd you be an idiot? Calling yours a good prediction would be being an idiot. Yeah, you, it was the specific March twentieth thing. Completely wrong. I think you had a chance if you would have Derek Rose would get hurt. I just got a little bit greedy. You had a month and a half left in yeah. actually a month left in the season yeah, when he signed, yeah. and you could have just said I, I, before fine. the end of the season. It's fine. I just wa- I wanted it. it <laughs> I would have been doing myself a disservice if I hadn't brought it to the board. It was third down and two, and you threw a 50-yard pass down the field. I should have handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch, and I decided to throw the pass, okay? I at least wanted to see if I could get get the call in my favor. I'm representing myself, pro bono, too. Uh, If we're ranking the least shocking news of the year in Minnesota sports, it's Derrick Rose after five games being out now for an indefinite period of time, right? That's why this remains, I believe, such a classic waste of time. It is. Like, what What are you, you knew he was, okay, he hadn't played in quite some time, so you knew he was going to to come here in the midst of a playoff race and be rusty. He was. I think he then had, like, one good quarter or a part of, of a good game. But you knew, you knew without question that the second thing to happen was he was going to get hurt. The only question was when. Yes. And well, I, I barely missed it. But here's the thing. So, the last time Derrick Rose played more than... 66 games in a season was 2010-11. That's almost a decade ago. Mm -hmm. Almost a decade ago. Now, injuries happen, torn ACL, meniscus. I'm not blaming him necessarily for getting injured. It's not even like you could... It's just unfortunate. The guy is one of the most injury-prone players. And then, aside from that, he's left teams because of mysterious reasons where he just, like, ghosted the Bulls a few years ago. Well, the Cavs, too, right? He's, yes, he's he disappeared to go think teams. about his future. He wanted to go th- think about his future. Correct. So the word in question here is reliability. And I think it applies to almost all sports where you're comparing a player over here to this player over there. Well, this if 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 we consider shooting percentage and batting average and ERA and all these things, right? Don't you think reliability? Kirk Cousins. Well, if you could go get if you could get Bradford for less money and Kirk Kirk Cousins has been on the field 48 times as a starter the last three years. He's made every start. Mm-hmm. Like, there's value in reliability. Derrick Rose shows up for five minutes, makes a couple layups. Oh, my God, he's back. Oh, wait, ankle injury. But he's, this not, is, he's one of the least reliable athletes in the country. This is what I don't get about Tibbs, though. Because Tibbs strikes me as a guy, no matter how much he might like a player for what that player did at one time, 
I would think Tibbs would be a guy who, if you looked at games played, and now all of a sudden you're playing in 60. And oh, by the way, last year you disappeared. You left the Knicks unexpectedly, and and you didn't come back for something like two weeks. And this year, same thing. You left Cleveland. Tibbs would be the classic coach I would think would say, I'm not going to deal with that. I if, if this guy is hurt and unreliable, I'm definitely out. I, I would think that a coach like a Steve Kerr, who's you know a little bit more open a little bit more a guy that, that you empathetic. think might might be a he's, guy he's to look more at empathetic. who might be a guy to look at a Derrick Rose and be like yeah he's not reliable completely but I think I can do this and get this from him I would think Tibbs would be the most black and white guy possible to say Derrick Rose does not play enough he's not reliable I don't want him that's what surprises me about this whole thing this this seems like like Tibbs has created a headache for himself that is completely unnecessary. Yeah. So I don't know. Like he should. He ha- and to Derrick Rose's credit, he's shown you some flashes in games where he'll he'll get hot scoring for a couple minutes, and he's definitely been more energetic on the court at times than. Uh, but you know that's also part of being back with Tom Thibodeau, and it's kind of a honeymoon period. He's on a new team, but for whatever reason, LeBron James has played for seventeen or whatever sixteen years in the NBA, and the guy never gets hurt ever. Derrick Rose. Never plays anywhere near a full season. Steph Curry's ankles. It's, I mean, LeBron James is built like a truck, so that probably factors in. It's harder to, it's just he's he's sturdier. His yeah. joints. It's just his, a weird deal to me. So, anyways, uh, write that down. Predictions at the top of the hour too, and an accountability session. And we also later in the show have updated Super Bowl odds after free agency. Where did the Vikings fall? Mackie and Judd. The Mackie and Judd show rolls on. Here we go. On 1500 ESPN. Let's join Matthew Collar and 1500 ESPN at Willie McCoy's in Bloomington. He'll be there tomorrow night, 8 to 10. It's the ultimate college basketball tournament viewing party. They'll have basket pong, prizes galore, some bracketology perhaps, and fantastic beer specials. It's sponsored by Dosecchi's. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. It's time for another member of the Mackie and Judd show to tell you all about his NCAA tournament bracket, even though you didn't ask. Carnage, gentlemen. Carnage for everyone. but uh, <laughs> Carnage a long time ago for me. Judd lost his winner, Arizona, the first first day, basically. First, right? Yeah, first, night of the tournament. First yes. five minutes. Yep. And uh, I lost my winner last night in, uh, I, think, I think I have Gonzaga in a friend's family. But they they got bounced last night by 15 points. Florida State. Dave, do you have your winner still? I do. I've got Villanova, and I've also still got Duke in my final four. Oh, so you actually might have a chance to score some points here. I've got a shot. Yeah. Huh. We don't care that you don't give a sh. That's because that's what the season's all about. This has been a member of the Mackey and Judd Show telling you all about his NCAA tournament bracket. Oh, it's exciting stuff. It is. It's such exciting it is, stuff. It is fun. Like, so you're going to have this Loyola, uh, not Loyola Marymount, Loyola Chicago, and they're going to play a nine seed. So you're going to have at least one nine seed or higher in the final four. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think that George Mason team from 12 years ago, I think they were an 11 seed. Loyola's they 11 were. seed. And then didn't Syracuse get in as like a 10 seed? There's been, there's definitely been. Well, Syracuse made the run the one year a few years back when they got when they had to play in the play-in, right? Yeah, I think that's eleven. Uh, they, they don't okay. put ten seeds usually in the play-in. It's, right. uh, usually eleven seeds. 
So I don't know. Sometimes it's fun to have these these upset teams, but like Syracuse, even if they get in as an eleven, they're not really an upset team. They're what just was like, the Syracuse? What was the championship game where we had a bunch of upsets that season, and they played it, and it was on CBS? And I want to say like Barkley's just like this is some of the worst basketball I've seen. It was probably the Butler Duke game where the winning score was like fifty one to forty. It was like six to three at halftime. <laughs> Just it was I'm pretty terrible. sure unwatchable basketball. Yeah. Uh, on the Wolves, we were just talking Derrick Rose last segment. So they are, uh, let's see here, as of this morning, Utah did win again last night. Utah's been one of the hottest teams in the NBA the last three months. So the standings in the Western Conference, the Wolves are, that win over the Clippers a couple nights ago was huge, and it just gives you some breathing room. Uh, but as we wake up this morning, Wolves and Jazz tied exactly at 41 and 31. And that's a game behind San Antonio, game and a half behind both New Orleans and Oklahoma City. New Orleans won last night, too. So here's the good news. I know you guys spent some time on the Wolves' schedule this week. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of the easiest schedules now that you're out of that eight-game stretch and you're still in the playoff mix very firmly. They get Memphis two more times in their last, whatever, nine or ten games here. Memphis became the sixth team in NBA history to lose by 60 points or more last night. There are tanking teams, and then there's Memphis. They were down by like 70 points in that game. Yeah, we we discussed this uh, yesterday on the show. In the NBA, when you tank, you don't just want to, you know, oh, man, we lost by five points. That's too bad. You want to lose by 25. You want no, no doubt. Case, and in Memphis's case, you want to lose by 60. The final score, and it was at it was at Charlotte, so it wasn't like they were, you know, they weren't exactly playing the Rockets last night. Uh, they got beat 140 to 79, and they actually they played a pretty competitive fourth quarter. So it could have been like it could have been 75 or 80 points if they hadn't, I don't know, if Charlotte hadn't called off the dogs in the fourth quarter. Um, so you get them twice on your schedule, and then. At least three or four other teams that are actively trying to lose. So you could still get close to 50 wins. With 10 games left, half of your schedule is against teams that are actively going to try and get waxed by you. Yeah. You've got the Knicks tonight. The Knicks have lost 18 of 21. You've so, got, they, so the Knicks went from kind of flirting playoffs. Porzingis and, got hurt, and, and then, then that was said, it. All right, let's. They, they bowed out. You got Memphis twice. You've got Atlanta, which is 21 and 51. They're god awful. You got Dallas, which their owner has come out and said, we're actively trying to lose. Got fined. Didn't Mark Cuban get fined like $100,000? Yes. I think he got fined like that. 500 grand for that Some comment. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, awesome. But of the 10 games, the only two left against teams currently in the playoff race are or in, in playoff spots are Philadelphia and Utah. And then you've got the Nuggets, who are. In the race, but they're right now they're the nine. They'd be the nine seed in they're the West, fighting. so they're the first game out. That's first a tough game. game. And actually, Denver at home has been one of the best teams in the league. They're twenty-seven and ten at home. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you've got five games against teams that you, that are going to basically say, "Please destroy us." So that gets you to forty-six. You could fifty is going to be tough because you'd have to go. You'd have to go nine and one the rest of the way to get to fifty, but they could. Because they're they're going to win five or six of those games just by rolling the ball out. That uh, unless the unless the Wolves go just completely rogue and take if Andrew Wiggins takes forty shots that are from twenty one feet with the hand. He plays in his like face. he did against the Clippers. Yeah, that was a great it game. It could be all good for absolutely for Wiggy. Absolutely. Here, here's my dilemma tonight. You're playing the Knicks. The Knicks have basically said we're done. According to the Star Tribune's lines today. The Wolves are only favored by six and a half points. 
That's a dumb question. That's a road game, though, right? That, that's a road game, and and the wool and the wolves. Just to be uh, clear about this, are three and ten on the road this year against the East. But that being said, that's three and ten against teams that might have given a damn. Uh, here's but the Knicks. So the Knicks have actually won two of their last three home games against. So at home, they're they've won their last two home games by a combined uh, forty plus points. So they're. I mean, they're. It's not quite as bad as Memphis. No, not much. Is. If you're a collection of professional basketball players, you don't lose by sixty points. You don't. <laughs> That's just incredible. The last time it happened was 1998. It hasn't happened in 20 years. That type of a loss. Who got waxed like that? Do you recall it in 98? Uh, oh my God! I think it was. Was it the? It was a. I think the Pacers were the team that won the game. I feel like it. The Trailblazers, but they would have been pretty good in 98. I know that in 1991, it was the Heat, right. which were pretty new still. That, yeah. was before, was, yeah. that was before they got Alonzo uh, Mourning in the mid-90s. Yeah, that's so, just a bad team. So, yeah, I think you're going to win Ooh. at least five or six more games. 